Welcome back, everyone, to the PXP Let's Talk Success podcast. I'm your host, Dre, joined as always by my co-host, Paul. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Great. We, we survived that snowstorm that was uh, uh, yesterday in our world, but maybe last week but for some of our listeners. Yeah, yeah, we did. We survived. For um, Actually, um, Atlanta is like in our top five listener, cities mm-hmm. for listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they got any snow or not. Maybe so. they got snowed in. They could listen even more. There, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you in Atlanta um, that maybe you didn't experience snow, you're lucky. Or, or maybe they just got ice. Or that too. Yeah. So a qu- quick story about Atlanta and ice. Mm-hmm. So this takes us back about two decades ago. I'm traveling with the team. I'm in North Carolina, and we had just flown through Atlanta to get home, and there was an ice storm that was chasing us. Mm. And they were talking about we're supposed to get a quarter inch of ice, and and everybody in the South is panicking about this quarter inch of ice. It's my second year being in the South, you know, growing up here in the Midwest, we're used to blizzards and snow and inches and this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we get down there and, and, and I see all this panic in everybody's conversation and I'm like, it's a half an inch of ice that we're expecting, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be that bad for long, I mean, they're talking about buying the store up so they can you know, be in their houses for weeks and this kind of <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, it's not gonna be that bad. So we got back to North Carolina and um, the ice storm come through and, you know, it's got ice, you know, thick ice there. It's a, maybe only about a, a quarter of an inch. It wasn't, wasn't a half inch. And so we're, the next day, everybody's, all schools are canceled and everybody's panicked and you know, it's slick roads like it would be around here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, I go into the office and, and I've got, I don't have a, an awesome vehicle. I mean, I've got one that's built for the south yeah. not not built for ice okay and so i'm sliding a little bit but not not too bad i mean it's just you drive right. responsibly right i get in and my secretary's not there and and i know she drives a four-wheel drive mm-hmm. and, and she's not there and you know she used that four-wheel drive she would go to the beach and drive on the sand this kind of stuff so that's why she had a four-wheel drive in the south if you go on the beach <laughs> um so i'm i'm expecting her in later and so assuming maybe she got the kids on the bus or, you know, something's going on. Is there a little bit of a delay? Mm-hmm. She doesn't come in all day. There's no message. And I'm like, okay, well, the next day yeah. I go back in, roads are clear. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not sliding around this time. I'm, we drive right in. She's still not there. <laughs> and so one of my colleagues, you know, is, we're, we're all concerned, but, you know, one of my coll- colleagues calls her and says, hey, you okay? She goes, yeah, I can't get in. <laughs> Um, and, and I'm kind of tipping my head, kind of looking at this, like you've got a four wheel drive. There's not much ice on the roads, but that's how it was mm-hmm. down there. It was, I'm going to say two weeks. It might've been only like 10 days before she got made up back to the office. Wow. Um, but crazy. it's, it's a different world. Yeah. It's a different world relative <laughs> to the ice and expectations and so forth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's crazy. Um, if you didn't know, they have a nice aquarium down there. So <laughs> Indoors, no ice. Yes, yes no ice indoors. I, and it has like this tunnel that you walk under. It's the scariest thing because um, you have like those whales and sharks swimming over oh, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if this thing goes. It could I collapse go. on you. Just hold your breath. Just hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I'd be holding it for too long. I'd be out of there. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get – I like this one. Um, let's get Cricket's joke in there. Um, what's Forrest Gump's computer password? Forrest Gump's computer password. Yep. It is one Forrest one 
<laughs> I, like I, I was thinking maybe it's going to deal, deal with something around chocolate. Oh, okay. <laughs> one forest one. <laughs> I like that one. All right, everyone. Um, we're going to get into today's topic. Um, today's topic, if you're not watching and you're just listening, we actually have a guest today, a uh, very special guest. <laughs> went ran through Spain or something like that. Um, we're going to learn all about that. Yep, absolutely. So I'd like to introduce Kathy Wolf to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. And I just want to say absolutely flattered to be here. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. It's no big deal. We're just a couple of guys talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're not the ones who went 500 miles, right? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> we're all in, in awe of what you've done and, and our, for our listeners. I mean, 500 mile event that she trained for for a long time. And, it, and obviously she didn't do it in one setting. But this was a, a long journey that she went on to and, and prepared for, and we're all in awe of what you're doing. I can't wait to hear more about this. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so um, I'm going to everyone, all the for all the listeners, I'm going to let Paul kind of run the show from here because I actually don't know all about it or the event or anything like that. So I'll let you take over. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Trey. So, uh, Kathy, tell us about this event. What's the name of it? Where is it at? You know, mm-hmm. Just a little overview of what the event was. Okay. It's called the El Camino de Santiago, uh, which actually translates to the way of St. James. Uh, historically, it's a religious pilgrimage that started centuries ago, and people would pack up from wherever they lived, and the goal was to walk to Santiago de Compostela, go to the cathedral there, because then they would be washed of their sins and things mm-hmm. would be all good. Gotcha. Yeah. So it has continued from that point um, to People do, do still do it for religious reasons, but all different kinds now at this point. Yeah. But there are also different routes because people came from different locations. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, my boyfriend and I, ended up doing the route from France. So it's called the French route. Okay. And um, it happens to be the longest one, and it's, it's 500 miles. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool because we started in France and then walked the northern part of Spain and ended up, uh, it's Pretty close to the uh, to the ocean, so that's awesome. Yeah, well, and, and I enjoyed learning more about it through you uh, mm-hmm. uh, as we were on this journey journey for me of coaching you to, to do this. But what was it that um, uh, can you describe the the terrain and the mountains? And let's have a little <laughs> quick geography lesson for all of us. That um, that was the fun and the crazy part because there there's no consistency in it at all. Um, Spain is a mountain, at least in northern Spain, mm-hmm. it's very mountainous. So we were either crossing mountains or we were in the foothills. So there was a lot of uphill, downhill mm-hmm. that we had to train for. Um, the terrain was crazy because sometimes we might be walking on the side of the road, sidewalks, um, dirt paths through the mountains. There was cobblestone, which sounds romantic, but when you're hiking, <laughs> it's not so much fun. And then the toughest part was whenever there was, you know, loose stone and gravel. And that was a challenge going up, especially going down Mm -hmm. because of the footing and that type of thing. So that was one variable. Uh, The weather was also unpredictable because we would have scorching sun one day, uh, maybe really high winds blowing against us. Mm -hmm. Um, It did get cooler as we got further to the coast because it was later on in the, well, it took over a month. Mm-hmm. Um, we had rainstorms, you know, that we had to walk through. So that was kind of the fun of it. You never knew what you were going to get each day. Yeah. So this is a month long journey. Yeah. A little over for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And yep. so each each day you'd go how far? We averaged about 14, 15 miles a day. Mm -hmm. So primarily we would get some high mileage, uh, 13, some, I think the highest maybe was 20. Mm -hmm. Toward the end, we were ahead of schedule, which was fantastic. So we slowed it down because <laughs> I didn't want it to end. It was so great and started doing, you know, a couple yeah. of six milers back to back. Yeah. So, so there's a bunch of stuff I want to unpack inside there. So yeah. let's, let's start with the terrain. Okay. Mm -hmm. You live in central Indiana. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you use the word mountains. Yes. Okay, so uh, can you contrast that for us? Give us a, a visual or a perception of what that was really like. Yeah, over there, yeah, I mean, a complete challenge because we don't have those types of hills. And the other thing, too, is um, I've learned they don't believe in switchbacks. It's straight <laughs> up. <laughs> it's straight back If you're going to get it, go get it, exactly. right? Exactly. So that's how it was. So what I did and what helped a lot was through your coaching. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, at first, I thought it was a little crazy. It's like, <laughs> come on, Paul. You, you started off talking about uh, it was all about heart rate in a certain period of time. And I thought, come on, man, give me some miles because <laughs> I got to get miles in. But you were so right. It was all about heart rate and, and building that. So we started off. Yeah. slower in a smaller amount of time from the beginning mm -hmm. and then I, I looked the other day I think I did five hours was the last one so we <laughs> built right. through that but you never gave me mileage to go it was nope. all about heart rate and by golly you were right thank goodness yeah. for me well I, I want to get yeah. into that um, the training piece here in a little <laughs> bit and so that's gonna be an important piece for all of us to remember as we get to that, to that mm -hmm. discussion but um, we're in central Indiana we don't have mountains right what yeah. was the elevation difference? How, how, how high did you have to climb? The highest was 5,000 feet. Yeah. And what, yeah. where'd you start at? What was the, I guess, base elevation? Yeah, 200. I, I have to take it by times kilometers. Mm -hmm. uh, it was 600 feet was yeah. the start. So, so getting was... close to sea level, but not quite Correct. sea level, right? Yeah. And so you're 45 to 40, um, 42 to 4,500 uh, feet of elevation that you've got to climb multiple times Yeah. and, and descend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was interesting because to start the way we broke, I mean, we were on the second highest peak day two. So it was like, let's go. Let's get after it right yeah. away. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, that terrain piece of like, you know, climbing, if you've, you know, well, use Eagle Creek for a, for a moment, just in terms of trying to find something locally here that yes. you, know, you go out and climb some of those, you're not going to call those mountains for sure. <laughs> Um, no. But inclines? Yes. Yeah, thank goodness. I live a mile from beautiful Eagle Creek with all of the trails. Yeah. Um, so I would go and discover the trails uh, where I was would be walking mm -hmm. the highest number of, of hills, or I would go up, go back down, go up, go back yeah. down. They have a lot of stairs there, mm -hmm. too, so I'd go up, go back down, go up. So just repeat as many of those or make sure I included yeah. it in the workout as possible. Yeah, and, and so that was a big challenge for you to to find the terrain to ter to mimic that, right? And and sure. and at the same time, there is no way around here that you're going to be able to mimic four thousand foot of climbing. <laughs> no. Right. No. And, and so uh, I'm going to fast forward just real quick and touch yeah. on the training, and then come back because I want to talk talk about more about the geography and all that kind of stuff of, of the event. Okay. And that's why we went with the heart rate piece. Yep. Because you can't simulate the actual terrain, the actual performance, but you can simulate the effort. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's part of what we uh, used for those pieces. And 
for our listeners, no matter what your event is, if you can simulate or get your body to think in terms of intensity of the activity, the, it, I almost said duration, but that, that will play a role in that you don't want to jump right into 500 mile duration, mm. right, in the training. So there's always a, a gradual ramp up. And, and as you indicated, none of our training got more than five hours. And five hours sounds like a long time, but over six, seven months of training to get you there, that five hours um, wasn't that long relative to the entire journey you had yeah. for multiple days. What was the longest um, duration that you walked in any one day on that journey? Yeah, I believe it was 20 miles. Yeah. Um, ended up that day having to do it by myself. Unfortunately, there were some injuries that were involved. Um, yeah. But but not on you. No, no. Had a girl. Had <laughs> a girl. No. Um, yeah. So twenty. I think did that a couple of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, how long did that twenty-mile journey take you? Oof. Um, at that time, I could average about three miles per hour. When I did it by myself, mm-hmm. I had a quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you're pace. talking about six to eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so you know, I'm, I'm I'm wanting to point that out because in your training, you didn't do the full duration of what you did on one day, right? Of, of things, and you had to do that back to back to back <laughs> to back, right? Yes. And so uh, sometimes in our training, we we don't um, we try to overtrain many times, right? Going into it. Yeah. Um, how did you feel? Um, I'm gonna come back again. I want to say in the geography, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I keep getting enticed into the training side of it. Um, as you're going through it, you talked about some doubts and some uh, fears about would this really work. As you got about halfway or uh, two thirds through, what was your mindset or, or how did you embrace that training? Um, again, at first, you know, I was questioning it because mm-hmm. I, like you were just saying, I was thinking, oh, let's get in, let's overwork. Let's do more miles than I really need to do once I get there. Mm -hmm. But as I started going through, just as long as I saw progress, you know, I was improving Mm -hmm. uh, week by week. And then it was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is working. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks, I couldn't do that. Uh And now I can. So it was great. And and then I remember this. I'm going to see if you remember this. (laughs) Um, We were about halfway through and and everything up to this point had been walking at certain heart rate intensities. and, And you started talking about my heart rate's not getting up to this level anymore. What should I do? Because you were gaining fitness. Mm -hmm. You were uh, targeting your heart rate at a a certain number. And then early on, you're walking and you're like, Paul, it's it's going above that number. I'd like, slow down. About halfway Mm -hmm. through, you're like, I can't get my heart rate to go up. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Can you describe what that was like for you? Um, For me, it was frustrating because I love being able to tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. And I'll go and I'll do that. Uh-huh. And I couldn't get there. So it was like, how, how do I accomplish this? You know, yeah. I just don't know how. Do you remember what the solution was? Yeah, one of the things that I did was I, we walked with a pack. Um, uh-huh. We had everything on, on our backs. We added so, weight to you. Yeah. yeah. So I just put more weight, ended up walking with probably 10, 10 12 more pounds than I did whenever mm-hmm. we went over to Spain. Yeah. And so that helped a bunch. Yeah. And then, do you remember a conversation about jogging? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, 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 it wasn't the opposite conversation that I've had with many of our athletes. You know, many of our athletes come in and they want to go out and they run, run really hard, really fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hey, keep your heart right here. But, Paul, if I keep my heart right there, I'm walking. And I'm like, yes, do that because <laughs> your engine's working at a certain intensity. We want to train that and be at that space. And then later on, they 
that kind of comes a place where you're at like, hey, I can do more at the same intensity. And that's where you were at. Right. We don't need you running 500 miles. That right. wasn't the goal, but being able to have you overtrain and pace, mm-hmm. overtrain in what you're carrying, you know, carrying that backpack up and down. And I remember a few times we had more weight. Yes. <laughs> had more weight. Yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah. Now, what else do you remember about that time? What, what are some uh, recollections within that? Of adding more weight? Sure. I mean, or, good or bad. I mean, it's some of the, not yeah. everything went, went perfectly smooth, right? We had some things yeah. to overcome at different times. and Right, yeah. For me, actually, it was great as I started to, to add more mileage um, and the weight because then this ended up helping me with the gear. I don't know if that's what you want me to say or talk about, but, you know, in the beginning, it was like, oh, these, these hikers are great. But after I started doing more mileage with heavier weight, it's like, Mm, these aren't so great. And it was wonderful because anytime I felt a little, eh, this is feeling a little funny to me, yeah. you would immediately know what it would be or yeah. what it was. Yeah. So it's was like, okay, then I've got to go this direction, start working on these types of things to get me ready because over there, I'm not going to be able to switch out this right. or that. Yeah, I mean, everything from your shoes. Yep. Absolutely. Socks. Do, do they fit? Do they work? Exactly. How are your socks? What's going to happen when they get wet? Yes. Same thing on every race day, every uh, piece. If somebody's going into an event and they haven't tested what they're really going to wear, mm-hmm. I'm always nervous. I'm like, what's going to happen? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we weren't privy to uh, REIs over there necessarily. When mm-hmm. you started and in the big cities, yes, but in between, mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was fun watching that happen. Well, what you thought was going to be a great pair of shoes, and then <laughs> like maybe I need to look at something different, or yes, we started getting some uh, a blister or a, a foot soreness, or it just didn't feel right. Right. And then you can adapt and change those things, and I think that needs to be a big piece of everybody's training, no matter what you're training for. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go back. Let's go back to the geography and the other pieces. You talked about you know, traveling through rainstorms. Yeah. <laughs> can you describe one of those? Oh, it was interesting because. We were supposed to be in an area where they didn't get very much rain Mm -hmm. and we just got pummeled. I mean, it was a downpour for, well, two days primarily. Um, That was a challenge because everything got heavier, obviously. I mean, we we tried to prepare with ponchos and um, I had uh, bread bags, you Mm -hmm. know, that I would put my feet in and then put my shoes because my shoes were not waterproof. Didn't want them to be because then you would sweat too much and then you would get blisters. So it was this balance of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a challenge too because once we got to our location, trying to dry everything out for the next day. So that was that was difficult. Yep. It was also interesting. I'll throw this in our perspective. You know, we came in and we were hiking. It's been a long day, just complaining <laughs> about dripping, sopping wet, and how hard it made it. And puddles and all this kind of thing. I mean, complaining, not really, because I understood how grateful. Commiserating. There we go, yes. (laughs) And the owner of the hostel where we were staying, she was doing backflips because they're in a drought like we were. Mm. And so it's like, oh, man, I need to change the way I'm thinking about this. This was a glorious day for Mm -hmm. them. So, But but it was a challenge to hike through, walk through. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm assuming that there there was some lightning here and there and (laughs) all those sort of things. Yeah, the wind. The wind was uh-huh. crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was hard to stay. I think my shirt stayed dry. Yeah. That was about I'm, it. I'm imagining like a, a Winnie the Pooh story here. You got Christopher Robin and Winnie <laughs> the Pooh walking through that blustery storm. And 
kind of yes. leaning into it, watching everything go through. Yes. You've got your poncho on and seeing Christopher Robin's poncho blowing behind him. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like that. There was another day, again, in, in the high plateau, the winds, because it's so flat. And that's, I mean, there are wind turbines everywhere, which made total sense. Mm -hmm. But just blowing against us, which mm -hmm. was like, oh, come on. <laughs> but it also made it part of the fun, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. For some of our uh, cyclists and triathletes, you know, if they're out riding yes. and they got that big headwind, they start getting, oh, this is terrible, and they're, they're working harder, they're going slower, you got the, that uh, mental anguish of the uh, wind blowing in. If there's any sort of, sort of light rain, then it pelts you a little harder. Yes. And you're getting that same thing going through the oh, mountains. Yeah. And uh, how long, like, during those storms, how long did you tolerate it? How, I mean, how, how long were you out there walking through that storm? It was a normal day. I mean, on average, we were out seven hours, uh -huh. you know, so you just went through it. Yeah. And what was cool was, you know, other people are doing it too. So when you start thinking, oh, maybe we should, you just keep, you just yeah. keep going. It's just a part of it. Well, well, the point I wanted our listeners to, to hear there is that we talked about how long your 20 miles took and it was, you know, mm -hmm. you were telling me it was seven hours on average each day. And if the storm came up, it was still seven hours. Right. Y yes. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. still getting after it. It wasn't like, oh, where's my Uber? <laughs> right. <laughs> no. And so did you, where did you walk to though? Like We would have our, oftentimes it was a hostel mm -hmm. um, or they called them albergues. They are designed for, we're called pilgrims when we do this walk. And so they're de designed for us to stay. Um, so we generally would plan two to three days ahead okay. and, and reserve mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. Okay. Some people love to go and just do it and spontaneously find a place that night. Mm -hmm. We were walking <laughs> two years post COVID. Mm -hmm. So everyone and their brother wanted to get out and go do this oh, thing too. Okay, yeah. The other part that we didn't realize until later was that there are certain years that this is called the holy year of St. James. Mm. So religiously, in 22, it was supposed to be a holy year, but the Pope, because of COVID, or no, in 21, but the Pope, because of COVID, said, nope, we're going to move it to 22 mm. and include that as a holy year because that means more to them okay. religiously. So there were a lot more people, and we were very concerned about getting somewhere mm -hmm. after a 15-mile right, walk. Yeah. And having to sleep on the That's park why I bench. Was like, where, yeah, where would yeah. you sleep? If yeah. That, well, well, she's so tough. She would like find some pine needles and, and make her little nest <laughs> and get, get, get a little lean to. Yeah. That would make for a great experience, but yeah. not Absolutely. my preference. Right. Yeah, so, so that was that was going to be my next point here is you walked from point to point, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, zero miles to five hundred miles, and and within that each day. You, you found some place to stay or you scheduled some place to stay. You had targets that you're getting to along the way. We did. Yeah. yeah what was your what was your favorite one? Ooh. I don't you know, everybody asks me what's the favorite part. I don't I can't. Mm -hmm. I just can't. Every day was amazing. Our schedule ended up we it fell into almost the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Get up at six, go at seven. We'd grab a, you know, we'd eat a banana or something on the way, mm -hmm. grab a wonderful coffee con leche that they had and a <laughs> breakfast. I was going to ask, I was like, if you didn't oh. have a favorite place, did you have a favorite food? Not we a, are foodies on this podcast. Yeah, no, because you can just experience so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, 
you know, there were all the meats and breads. And uh, we literally were walking through fields of, of things that we were going to eat, mm -hmm. olive trees. And then, oh, okay. of course, the wine section, you know, was just so plentiful. As we got to the coast, you know, I was trying octopus and paella and things like that. But, um, yeah, so in that, that in-between time, though, until you got to that other place. And that other place, that was the whole experience itself. It was all about what you were going to see, the people that you would see. Sometimes you'd pass each other, you know, for a few days. And then poof, they're gone. They they stopped, or they went further, or we went further. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just totally wonderfully diverse, mm -hmm. even though it was the same schedule. That sounds like one of our regular races right. in Ireland, right? The whole time. Yeah, you're out there yeah. running your marathon or running different pieces of it. You see somebody, you leapfrog them here and there, and all of a sudden they're gone or you're gone, and because mm -hmm. you know you got tired, or they got tired. Right. Yeah, I was like, so it sounds like exactly the same thing, like just extended over a month. Yes, yeah. very much yeah. so. Were there any people who stood out? I mean, like, so you've, you, uh, each of the day, the whole event was awesome, right? I mean, that's, mm. that's where you've got this big um, enthusiasm about the event, and uh, there wasn't one spot that was more memorable than another. Mm -mm. How about the people along the way? Was there any, any characters that you got to see or that kind of stand out? <laughs> yes. Other, other than Christopher Robin and Lady <laughs> Pooh. Yes. Everyone was amazing um diverse all the different cultures i mean everybody from all over the world were doing this same thing everybody had the same goal so it was fantastic to be able to just stop and talk to each other along the way and you you knew that you know i may never see this person again in my life yeah. but man what a great effect they had on me this day mm -hmm. there were fortunately we had a few people that we met day one and ended up seeing on the final day which doesn't happen and to be honest a lot of people are not doing this 500 miles. We're blessed because we had the time to do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, most people were doing it in segments, you mm -hmm. know, so they'd be out there a week, poof, they're gone. Yeah. So to be able to see these folks from day one to the end was wonderful. Um, there was one guy who, he was just such a great friend, but <laughs> he was so loud. You could hear him <laughs> everywhere. You know, we don't, there's Marty. There's, but we always ran into Marty, mm -hmm. but he just had this wonderful presence. You know, he was a happy guy, and yeah. it was great. So, so what's your, uh, you know, to do this 500-mile event, mm -hmm. I mean, it's pretty daunting, right? I mean, it's a big accomplishment. I, I get yeah. people coming in here and saying, hey, I want to train for a, a, a 10K, right? And so mm -hmm. to them, that's daunting. Yeah. Others, you know, uh, want to train for a marathon or a half iron or a triathlon or a full iron, you know, different durations that are, seem... Um, huge to them. Mm -hmm. Well, 500 miles to most of us seems seems huge. Um, <laughs> what was the inspiration or what was your background to, to want to, to do this? Uh, it was a couple of things. One, I, I had seen the movie called The Way. It's with Martin Sheen, if you ever want to watch it. That introduced me to this. And it's like, ooh, I, that's something that I would like to do a lot because that is what I did was everything I love. Um, the diversity, international travel, uh, a challenge, being outside, um, just all, you know, all of the landscape. Mm -hmm. um, I have always loved fitness. I've always loved the challenge. So I've done things here and there, but, you know, ignorantly <laughs> training myself yeah. uh, on my own. And I did them, but I'm sure I could have done a lot better. It, which takes me to Paul and TXP. Uh, I am, you know, I'm in my 60s now. And You're what? <laughs> yes, sir, I'm there. <laughs> um, so 
I knew that I needed to get some help. I, I went, came to you and mm -hmm. said, I have a goal of doing this 500 miles. But within that, one, I want to be able to finish. Mm -hmm. Two, I want to be able to go and where we end up in these villages and not just totally collapse. I want to be able to enjoy it. And I don't want injury. And thank goodness we accomplished each of those. Yeah. So it's a combination of all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you get a medal at the end? Or you know what you get? Oh, this, this is. <laughs> you get a medal. Yes. It's similar. Yeah. So if you, you have to walk at least 62 miles uh -huh. of it to get what's called a Compostela. Okay. And so when we started, we, we got a pilgrim's passport is what it's called. And you get a stamp. Everywhere oh, you go. Cool. You, so I've got this card full of all these wonderful stamps, whether it was where we stayed or a cathedral or what they call a bar. Mm -hmm. They call everything a bar, but it's really, you know, more of a cafe restaurant okay, type yeah. place. Um, and this proves that you did the walk. Okay. So when you finish, you go to this where all these <laughs> pilgrims have dragged themselves in on the last <laughs> day and they're excited. But we're all in line and you get a, a beautiful certificate and you can pay like two dollars more to get one that shows the mileage, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'm getting that yeah. one. And it's cool too, because they write it in your Latin name because oh, it's a okay, religious cool. venture. So I have this beautiful certificate that I gotcha. brought back with that's me. That's fantastic. Yeah. So you, you, know, um, you may not know this about us uh, runners and triathletes and so forth, but we do races for the t-shirt and the medal. <laughs> yeah, that's correct, that's correct. <laughs> yes. That's not the food for me. <laughs> And the, and the post-race food. All right. <laughs> um, I do it because for breaking even. i got to work out. That way I can eat more. That, that's, that's why I do that. There you go. Um, let's talk about your planning for this, right? So mm -hmm. you've got to figure out how to be out there for a month, mm -hmm. going from place to place. And you're carrying, you talked about a backpack earlier. Mm -hmm. um, what was in your backpack? Back, pack? Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have been that hard to say. It was in your backpack. And then um, how did you come up with those things? And there was, was there anything that you uh, would put in it next time? Yes. That was actually one question that I would ask a lot of people. They went, what did you take that you didn't need and vice versa? Yeah. Um, a lot of this was just the training. What do I need? You know, what kind of things? I knew that there was going to be sun, um, so I had to have a hat you know, the toiletries, anything mm -hmm. that you needed at night or, you know, getting up and getting Because they had restrooms ready. out there along the way for you, right? No, <laughs> no, no, no. So there's that too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a very interesting part of it, um, particularly in the high plateau where there were no trees. No, and, you know, you just kind of knew that's everybody's doing their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was mostly through a lot of research. This is, there's so much information about this mm -hmm. out there, which is great. There's a wonderful group here in Indianapolis, actually, too, Hoosiers uh, of the Camino, mm -hmm. I believe. And we met with them a couple of times. So researching what you might might not need. But mostly it was a lot through the training. What exactly mm -hmm. do I need? There were some downpours that I trained right. in, which was great because <laughs> it got me ready. What did I need today that didn't work very well? Yeah. Well, I, I'm, um, you don't know this, but I remember a few <laughs> times looking at, you know, your training, that kind of stuff going, there was a storm this weekend. I wonder if she did. I wonder if she did work. And then I go look at, at what time you did. I'm like, yes, she did. Oh, yeah. There she goes. <laughs> we were soaked. <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the pa and the pack was interesting, too, because that weight would vary. It got to the point where 
I knew if I had been drinking a lot that day, because mm -hmm. water was, I brought two one liter bottles and filled them. That was four pounds. Mm -hmm. I knew how much I had drank along the way because you, it became so sensitive. Or if I had a banana in my pack, I knew it because you could feel it day mm -hmm. after day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. You gotta carry your own water, right? Because there are aid stations every mile on the run. No, right? everything. <laughs> yeah. I bet you would have your pound of honey with you. I'd have to have so <laughs> much. Can you imagine my backpack, all the stuff I'd have to have yeah. for that thing? All that honey <laughs> over there. That's oh, like peanut butter. Honey, peanut butter. I'd have all kinds of water. I'd have a whole, like, yeah. igloo cooler on my back carrying Absolutely. a big thing of water. <laughs> One ironic thing, if I throw it in. We, yeah. we went... Uh, to our location and from uh, from the end via Paris and so we flew in and out of Paris when we went back and we were flying out we allowed for a couple of days just to experience it which mm -hmm. was kind of ironic after we had just finished what we did um, it happened to be fashion week in uh, Paris there you go. <laughs> here are all these people celebrating you know these beautiful people and they're wearing yeah. all these clothes and getting their photos and I'm wearing one of two outfits that I had worn for the last month. So it was this complete irony. Mm -hmm. But my mindset, you know, after walking quietly mm -hmm. and simplistically was, this is where I, I am now, yeah. you know, not there. Yeah, that's awesome. It was crazy. Yeah, so you're taking me to the place I wanted to, to go next. I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you're walking out there. There's not bands playing every, you, think, you don't have spectators telling you you're almost there, applauding you and, and holding up signs. And so what do you do during this? Mm -hmm. um, how did you occupy your mind? Yeah. Um, what kind of things did you learn? Yes, that ended up being my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, it, one was, as we talked about, and it sounds like you experienced this too, you would pass people mm -hmm. um, if you spoke the same language or if you didn't. There's a phrase that everybody uses, and it's called Buen Camino. Have a good walk, and you is hear. That a safe word? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other pilgrims say that to each other. The townspeople say that to us as encouragement. It was the most positive experience I've, I had ever had. So those folks kind of pulled you along. Some you'd stop. Hey, how are you doing? You know, I, I saw you a couple of days ago. Yada yada yada. So that was kind of fun. Uh, Tom and I would talk to each other from the start. But for the most part, we walked pretty much single file. One, because that's how the path, how wide it was and mm -hmm. let other people pass. But then also, you just kind of got into your thoughts. Um, it was fantastic. It, it was kind of a struggle in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. But it was amazing because um, we were totally unplugged. No phone, it, it, you know, we had to depend on Wi-Fi wherever we ended up. Uh, only social media was whenever I was posting photos mm -hmm. to let my family know I was still alive. Mm -hmm. um, no TV, no, you know, none of that. I didn't even listen to music, which I thought that I might. Mm -hmm. It was just total quiet. And your head just becomes so amazingly clear. I had the most vivid memories of childhood and some other things. You figure things out about yourself too. You know, what am I going to do here? What did I do then that I shouldn't? It just was so clarifying and wonderful, mm -hmm. but also became a hard part of coming home. Uh, when we went to Paris, this sounds ridiculous, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. I wanted quiet and solitude. And so when I came home too, it, it wasn't that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I 
crave. I want it. It, it was like walking meditation every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's pretty cool. I was I was wondering that because I didn't. I was like, well, did she have her phone and headphones mm -hmm. in then, or what mm -mm. was she? Listening yeah. to, and the podcast wasn't out then, so obviously we failed her on that. No, <laughs> no, nope, we we failed her on that. She couldn't hear it. <laughs> but, but now on her next journey, she can. Next time, up, yep. and we'll talk about that here a little, little later on. But one of the things that um, you know, a lot of our athletes talk about, you know, they'll ask me, "Hey, Paul, what do you listen to when you run?" Mm -hmm. And I have to look at them and say, um, "My thoughts." Mm -hmm. And you know. Early in my running career, I wanted the music on because it was my distraction and I didn't want to feel the pain in my legs. I didn't want to feel what was going on or I just wanted to have that distraction. And as I, let's say, grew into the running or grew into the endurance, I, I can't stand to have music playing when I'm running. Mm -hmm. um, it's, that's the wrong phrasing. I don't like it as much as being in my own head. Yeah. And, and I like that being able to feel what's happening, be able to have that time to think and and um, yeah, I, I won't call it a meditation time, but it's a little bit more, hopefully a little bit more intensity um, to some of my runs, not all of them. Um, but the uh, that aspect of being out there and just enjoying it yeah. and experiencing it is so awesome. That, and two, I think um, I would have missed so much if I had put something in my ear, the sounds, mm -hmm. whether it was the semis going by when we were walking roadside <laughs> or the wind. Or every morning, we, it was wonderful. We'd wake up, there would be roosters and dogs. You know, it's like, good morning. Yeah. And, and just go from there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have wanted to miss that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or around here, you hear the squirrels getting ready to jump out and attack you. Heck yeah, you know, <laughs> 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 fat boys out there coming at me. Absolutely. Well, I did hear a rumor. I did hear a rumor <laughs> that you know, you've done this 500-mile uh, event. And do you have something coming up? <laughs> Uh, well, that rumor is true. Yeah, I this was such an incredible experience. I mentioned there are several routes. Um, I'm going to go back about the same time and, and walk across Portugal instead awesome. of Spain. So, so instead of the French route, mm -hmm. you're going to do the Portuguese. Portuguese. Route. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how long is this one? This one is 400 miles. Oh, you are so soft. <laughs> I know. You are so, it's only 400 miles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and is it similar terrain? No, it's not. And that's, you know, as I train, I got to, I need to make sure that my head gets straight mm -hmm. uh, because I know right now it's not as many miles and it's not going to be as mountainous until we do get into Spain. Mm -hmm. And then it does become that, that way. This one actually will be much more coastal. Mm -hmm. um, so not as difficult, flatter. There will be winds that we mm -hmm. have to deal with that way and more rains, yep. as I understand, but not the mountainous hill, hill yeah. you know. As we've talked about this going into it, I think we had the conversation about the sophomore mm. jinx, right? You, you've done a really hard, yep. big event, and your next one is not quite as hard. You know it's not as hard. It's not as long. And the fallacy, the mistake mm. to make is that, oh, it's going to be easy because I've done this before. Right. And it doesn't matter what your event is. Right. That um. we, we can fall into that trap all the time. And I think we've all got a story about that where we did this big event where we're planning for it, training for it. We did the first one. And then maybe that was a full iron in, in our world. Maybe it was full iron. And then you're going to train for a half iron the next year. Oh, it's just half the distance. Oh, it's even yeah. if it's a better course. And then you go get your tail handed to you. Yes. Because yes. you don't approach it the same way. And so I, I'm, as, as, a, as a coach, I'm like ecstatic to hear you say those words and, and, yeah. and recognize that that is an opportunity for yes. all kinds of things. That's the one thing. And then also 
the boredom. I love Eagle Creek, but I know every corner of that mm -hmm. park now. Um, so I need to make sure that, and we've talked about, varying up that workout. Mm -hmm. um, I also have fewer commitments this season, so it'll be nice because I experience state parks and yeah. that yeah. type of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's a, the other piece that you know, people don't know is that how much you were doing last year with all this training. Mm. I mean, you were doing strength training, you were yes. doing, you know, your training outside of here, you had a relationship, you have family, you have a job, you had all this other stuff to, to package and put together. And, and we've had previous guests on and we've talked about different things about life. You know, there's, there's some people that are very fortunate that they can have their event and their training and that's their life, mm -hmm. right? And maybe that's not so fortunate, but they have the opportunity that that's what they do. Mm -hmm. The rest of us mortals, we, we fit our fitness <laughs> in around everything else, and, yes. and sometimes it becomes a big challenge. Yes. Um, I asked this of a, a previous uh, guest, and so I'm gonna ask the same thing of you. How do you fit those things in? How do you make it work? I'm fortunate I was able to retire early, so I don't have a full-time job, as a lot of other folks might. I do have a part-time job. They work with my hours. Um, but there is everything else, family that's involved, kids yeah. and all that type of thing, mm -hmm. a relationship. Um, it's just a matter of prioritizing. You know, I, I, I want this. And so I have to prioritize mm -hmm. and squeeze it in where I can. Yeah. And there's sacrifices along the way. Sometimes you mm -hmm. had to prioritize family. Yes. Those things came up. Sometimes you prioritized you mm -hmm. on your fitness. Sometimes it was uh, doing the training. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it was a combination. You had to back off of both of those at the same time. Yes. And that's that's what I really want our listeners to, to truly understand is that there is no, I almost said there's nobody out there. There might be somebody. The majority of us out there can't be all in on just training and expect everything else to, to work, right? Um, you can't be all in on not training and expect your fitness to work. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's you making decisions each day of what you're going to do and why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. What is your goal? Why are you doing this? Um, and being successful. Yeah. The, uh, uh, you mentioned your social media posting and the pictures that you did admittedly to make sure your family was alive. Yeah. Well, some of us were looking at those pictures going, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Is there a favorite picture for you or a favorite scenery that came across that you really you know, no, <laughs> I can't, I can't, there's just something attached to every single photo, but I love photography. So that was another great part of the trip. It's like, oh, how do I see this scene here or whatever? Well, do you know what? I have a favorite. You do? I do. I have a favorite of, of the picture that, um, that you posted. Mm -hmm. And so some of our listeners um, may or may not know, but um, I try to encourage all of our, athletes when they cross the finish line that they get their guns up <laughs> and they're flashing their biceps and they're they got their fists going and, and you had a couple of those pictures at the end when you when you raise your arms and, and there's just some beautiful scenery in the background ah. and you look you've got this big smile on it you're radiating <laughs> and you've got that pose going on those are some great pictures thank you yeah we had hit we we peaked that was the highest peak that day mm -hmm. so it was fun it's hard for me i mean it was funny i was tall take my picture with my, and there are people walking by, you know, meditating. It's like, oh, this is hard. But it was, yes, when I see the picture, I am just ecstatic. Well, you probably intimidated everybody with flashing up your guns like that. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like, we can't look at, we're not going to show our guns. We're going to keep walking. 
Kathy, thank you. Uh, sharing oh. your journey, sharing that process, uh, um, watching you. When we first had that conversation uh, of you asking uh, um, about the coaching for it and going through those pieces, um, my first thought was, you're going to do what? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, we got this. And then watching you build through that whole process and learn and experience it. And then watching the, the pictures and then talking with you afterwards and, and seeing the smile. And the smile you got on your face right now is just, if you guys can't see her face right now, you, you, you've got to come to class so you can see her smile. But it's uh, that radiant um, enthusiasm uh, of doing this piece. And I'm looking forward to uh, working with you on this 400-mile uh, journey. That, um, only it's only 400. Um, it's going to be a great time. Well, thank you. And if, if I can, I, if, you know, I sent text to you when I could. Thank you. Thank you. I achieved this. Thank you. Because it's because of this. Um, I had done, you know, pedal with strength training on my own. I'd never done core, never done balance. Balance helped me so much on the incline, decline type yeah. of thing. Never thought about that. The um, encouragement that I get in these classes, I know I achieve more when I'm with other people, but of course I'm a people person, so I, I have a community now of Carmel people because I don't live in this area. Mm -hmm. But also the inspiration, oh my goodness, the things people have done here or are getting ready to do is just an incredible thing. So uh, the other part is your knowledge. You not only teach you know, in the strengths class, do this, do that, you tell us why, what's working, cannot tell you. You talked about what was in my head. You were in my head sometime, Paul, because I, I, like my lower back would be the first thing to uh -huh. go. And I'd remember posture. You got uh -huh. to tuck your hips this way or shoulders back or whatever. But it was so helpful uh, to get me through. And so I will remain here for a long, long time. <laughs> Not only if I have uh, an event to go to, but that will be so helpful just in life, you know, I'm getting older, yeah. um, got to take care of all that stuff. So I really appreciate your influence. Well, thank you. Thank you for all that, for oh, that, yeah. that compliment on those pieces. And if we, um, I'd love to take that and, and pull it out and, and talk about that, because that really does summarize everything that we try to do here at PXP Endurance. It doesn't matter what your event is. If we can get some balance, if we can teach you how to move your body, if we can get you to actually feel how your body's moving and then what the result is, and is that supposed to be what's happening and if that is uncomfortable, how do you fix it? And how do you apply that to your performance? That is such a huge compliment to me. Thank you for that. Oh, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing, Kathy. Oh, yeah. Um, you're not done yet, though. We are, <laughs> uh -oh. we're going to go into our fun question segment. This, this is, get ready. <laughs> today, so every time we have a guest, I want to do trivia. Um, and I'm going to pin you two against each other. Uh-oh. Now okay, it's competition. So, yep. Um, as we do here. So we have five questions, and obviously best out of five wins. All right. What was America's first national park? Yosemite. Incorrect. Oh, Yellowstone. Correct. Oh, lucky guess. All right. This one stumped one of my smart people yesterday. What is a single strand of spaghetti called? Noodle. Nope. <laughs> Uh, I'll say I'll, noodle. I'll, no, mm -mm. no, I'll I'll give a hint. I'll put. There's only a one letter change in this, in spaghetti. There's only one letter changed. I. It's the last letter. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Oh, you're close. No. Spaghetti. Nope, close. 
the male version. Spaghetta. Spaghetta. Spanish, bro. You know how many years ago that was? Yeah. It was. It was. No, I said spaghetti. I didn't say spaghetta. The male version. He's asking me about Spanish. I took Spanish longer than he's been alive. Yeah, that's, that's true. See the things I'm learning here? Um, Elvis has a song called In the In the Blanco. I just gave you the answer. Spaghetti. Spaghetto. Spaghetto. Yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, I gave you a point. Spaghetto. I get that one. Yeah, wow. That was a tough one. That was a lot of work for that one. Yeah, it yes. was. All right, how many pounds are in a ton? 2,000. Yep, Paul answered first. You one. gotta be quick. You gotta be quick. What? Okay, I gotta let you listen to this one because I know he's gonna get it. Oh boy! I thought you would. I thought you were gonna get more, so I was gonna throw him a bone. What? And no pun intended. Yeah, he, he, had, he had no. He had no, no confidence. No pun intended here. What is the largest bone in the human body? Femur. Correct. That's what I would say. All right. Well, until you won, but we're still gonna do the last one. What state has the longest freshwater shoreline? Fresh. Florida. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Nope. Freshwater shoreline. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Close Il- to Illinois. Us. Mississippi? Nope. nope. Oh, close to us? You were close. Mm-hmm. Might, might border us. Ohio? Nope. Michigan. Okay. There it is, Michigan. Really? All right, freshwater Paul, because of one. That's all right. <sighs> Man, it, only am, me, it only took me like 50. I'm not worthy. And you pull out my Spanish from like a few decades ago. This is like Italian because it's Spaghetto. Okay. But my Spanish, Italian, yeah, yeah whatever. I'm barely good at English. Hispanian. Oh, that's right, Hispanian right there. All right. Um, I want to go to our shout out segment real quick. Um, anyone you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I've got several. Um, we've got some some new members who are, have just joined in the last couple of weeks that um, we're going to be introducing uh, to the group. Um, uh, some are local, some are not local. Um, if um, I don't want to forget all these people. There's uh, Brandon Shaw, who's going to be doing some uh, trail running, 100-mile events. Not quite your four or 500, but he's, <laughs> he's, his goal is to be jog, walk jogging this 100-mile stuff. Uh, Kyle DeUlis is going to be doing the same thing at different uh, events, uh, but similar distances. Um, we have, um, oh, they're so new, I'm trying to grab their names. Um, we'll do those two next week, but they're okay. they're getting more on the fitness side and then the, the triathlon world. But the two guys, uh, Brandon Shaw and Kyle DeUlis, are, are going to be doing some trail running, uh, 100 kilometer and 100 mile events in in the next six to eight months. That should be exciting to watch that happen. Well, sweet. And, and Kathy, just for you for this, they're in their space right now where they're talking about their heart rate zones also, and they're like, Paul, this is so slow. And I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> just deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm at your two guys, the two girls. I'm going to shout out Delaney and Katie from my class last night. Mm-hmm. You know, Delaney, she's, one of, she's been one of my favorites since I started because she's one of the quiet, shy ones. Um, but she's there every single day. Like I, I just remember at practices, I would see her there every single day. And then track practice, track came, track season came along, and she was there every single day. And not a lot of them were because they had other sports and whatnot, mm-hmm. which is fine. But she was there every day, just working hard. And she's always like, she would always be like, 
Dre, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And um, she persevered through everything, and she's an awesome athlete. She runs for Garen now, so she'll be um, mm-hmm. a part of that. And then Katie bringing her to class, um, improving a lot. Um, Kate, if you would have saw Katie's RDLs on her first day here, um, <laughs> you would not have been impressed. That's for sure. And but she's come a long way. Well, that's imp- so, that progress. That's a that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. So shout out to them. And then Kathy, do you want to shout out anybody? Any family, friends, or? Well, you know, I was thinking here the other day. Well, I've switched to coming into seven o'clock because schedule. And whenever I walk in, I see all these young people who have gotten themselves up out of bed and come to a 6 a.m. class it's like wow yeah. so I'm really impressed I don't know their names mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm so impressed yeah. so That's impressed our, yep shout yeah. out to the young people in the we do have a lot yeah we do have a lot of youth that get up that are motivated and driven they come in yeah. do the strength training in the morning go home get showered get to school have enjoyment through school and then they do their evening workouts and, and most of these are uh, local high school runners and uh, getting into their track season and so forth. Um, that's a uh, great kudos to them. And then I want to add something to that. A lot of people think that when you're in season, you can't do strength training. And if we go back to a couple decades ago in the college athletics, you know, people thought that you couldn't do strength training through the season either. Um, if you look around at college athletics right now, if you're not doing strength training, you're not competitive. And you're just not strong enough toward the end of the season, the conference tournaments, that kind of stuff. And the same thing is is starting to grasp in the in the youth sports that you can combine strength training and fitness and have it not be overtraining if you've got somebody who can help link those things together. If you come into it and the strength training is purely exhaustive and the workouts are purely exhaustive, that is a recipe for disaster. But that's not how we approach things here. Right. No, exactly. Well, good. Well, shout out to them. Shout out to everyone that we gave shout outs to. Hope everyone has fun with those. Um, and then not only was this a special guest podcast, but we have actually reached over a thousand listens on Apple alone. Fantastic. Um, so listens or streams. So welcome to the thousand. <laughs> we're, we're in four digits. <laughs> we're in four digits now. Um, and that's just <laughs> Apple alone. So shout out to everyone listening on Apple. Um, still shout out to those of you um, listening on Spotify and, um, Samsung and Google and even YouTube. We got quite a bit of views now. Mm-hmm. Somehow, you yeah. must have gotten a haircut or something. I got a haircut. <laughs> I got my hair straightened. Is what happened. There you go. Yeah, you got your hair straightened. Yeah, we'll get people to go to YouTube just to see if what my hair straightened looks like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet. All right. Well, thank you, Kathy, for oh, joining thank you. us and sharing your story. Um, loved all of that. And I want a couple of announcements for. I want people to, to kind of put on their radar for things that are upcoming. Mm-hmm. I think I think I've got three. Um, one is that we're, we're adding some, some staff relative to the classes and to coaching. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're coaching, you're, you're, you're leading the uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 6 p.m. class, class which is a, a youth-focused class. Mm-hmm. You're also doing Tuesday, Thursday morning classes. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Lori Tinsley, who's leading classes on Tuesday, Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Yep. So we've got some classes that have been added. You know, those are all on the website for more information there. We've, we've added or are adding some additional coaches, individuals who are Ironman certified and or USA Triathlon certified coaches. Uh, they'll be um, uh, revealed here shortly. Um, but Chelsea Kingston, 
Now, Bill Gustin, um, Jonathan Sheets are going to be the, the latest um, uh, individuals coming on to, to help with coaching and, and that sort of thing as we move forward. And then we're adding some uh, youth tri a youth triathlon aspect to PXP Endurance. So you're going to be helping lead that part. That part. Um, we're going to have a, a club through USA Triathlon, and, and individuals who are part of that club will have free um, USAT youth memberships. We're going to um, help mentor and, and grow and, and partner with some local organizations to, to help the youth uh, fitness environment relative to triathlon and so forth. And, and hopefully just get people excited to do things and, and feel um, accomplished in, in doing those pieces. So, you know, individually, I want, to, want you to put that on your radar. It's upcoming. We'll have a lot more information uh, coming through the website and other announcements. Absolutely. You guys can check them out here um, when we post them or ask us about it. But that is it for this one, the Kathy Wolf episode. <laughs> so thank you, guys, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Hey everyone, it's Dre here. I just wanted to say thank you all for being patient with us and listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate all your feedback and welcome it as always. Don't forget to send me your questions so I can get those to Paul. We haven't had any in a while, so I just wanted to remind everyone. Lastly, we just ask you that you leave a review, like, and share the podcast with your family and friends. Thank you all so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.